all, and welcome to the Blue Diamond. This is Adre with something to say. So, um, I've been away for a while, um, because I wasn't quite sure what to talk about, to be honest with you, and I didn't want to put something out just to be talking. I had this... I just I just knew that I needed to wait until I had the right thing to share before speaking again for whatever reason and I had to wait that out but I became anxious because I was waiting for something to come to me and nothing was coming so I realized I was trying to do it on my own so I started praying and talking to God asking him to bring me that word whatever it is I'm supposed to say and um, I thought about a couple of things <laughs> and I even recorded something but after I recorded the most recent thing I didn't publish it and I had to think about that because that's happened to me a few times, which is why people haven't heard from me. Each time I would hold it. But tonight I had a thought, and I knew it was something that I wanted to say. And I do believe that after I share this word, I will publish it. I don't think I'm going to hold on to this one. I just have a feeling. So, <laughs> this is a roundabout story, but um, number one, you guys know that's the way I talk, and two, it's all relevant, so it's all going to bring me to the point I want to share. It's just a more colorful way of telling the story. I know some people like direct stories. This is not one of those, so you have been forewarned. Remember, I am loquacious. Okay, so, so anyway, I was watching this YouTube series um, where um, celebrities get interviewed. And there was this one interview I watched where, um, it's definitely my favorite one, the um, male celebrity in it is one of my absolute favorite actors. I just absolutely love this guy. And I think he's so, so very funny. And um, I saw him interviewed and I loved the interview. It was, I felt like it was his real personality. And I was happily pleased with, you know, the kind of person he seems to be. Because these people are acting and you don't know when they're on or when they're off. And what the real them is, you don't know that. But, I don't know, this was just a really good interview, but anyway, it gave me that feeling. And I was getting to know the, the real actor. And, um, 
the guy, not the characters. You know what I mean. So anyway, uh, I decided to Google them, right? So um, I Google him, and as I'm Googling, there are pictures of him and his wife, and I start, the very first picture I see has got to be one of the worst Hollywood pictures I've ever seen. I'm sorry, but it just is. This picture had to have been taken when they were very, very new to the game, I'm going to guess. And that's all based off the pair of shoes that she is wearing. She absolutely positively didn't know any better. If I showed you these shoes today, you'd all be like, what the hell was she thinking? But then she would absolutely know that I was talking about her. I would never do that. And I don't even know these people. <laughs> it's not like they would ever find out about this. But anyway, all of this is going through my head, right? And I continue to look at pictures of her. And I see pictures of her where she looks very, very different. Um, because the next picture I saw, she looked very polished. Um, like she had hired a stylist and he knew how to style her to make her look just right. And while he didn't look awful in the first picture, he definitely had been cleaned up. So they both had stylists, you could tell. They looked great, you know. Um, but at the same time, it was surface them because they had somebody else alter their appearance to be more commercial. So I'm just watching these. But then I see other pictures where she looks a lot younger, um, a lot thinner. But I don't know if that's before or after the polished picture. And I say that because he basically looks the same. She changes a lot. Her look changes a lot. There was one picture I saw where I was like, okay, you guys went too far. They put her in a dress that either I would put on J-Lo or Beyonce. <laughs> and that was not her style <laughs> at all. They went too far in the other direction and then I saw this one picture and I was like oh my god she's going through something and he's going they're going through something both of them they looked worn out and they looked so tired they just looked worn out and I knew they had to be going through something so I saw that on the surface of the picture. But I also saw deeper into that picture. I saw that they were going through it together. Whatever it was, they were going through it together. You know? But I also saw the other side of that because they're in Hollywood and they're going to be before the camera. That... Um, 
it also says to me, where are their friends? Are their friends not stepping up and saying, hey, I notice you, you have a problem. You're going through something, you know, and depending on how much you know, you know, you let be honest with them, you know, um, but don't speculate. But let them know they're safe to, to share and you will help in whatever way that you can, including um, keeping their privacy, but meaning it when you say it and doing it as a friend, you know. And um, I can remember this time when, yes, I'm going off on another tangent. <laughs> Um, I had a group of friends. We were all colleagues, but we were very close. And we socialized outside of work. And they are still some of my best friends in the world. I just love them. We had so much fun when we worked together. But there was one person in our group, we consider each other family, you know, one person in the group who had a problem. And her problem was continuing to fester. And it was making us withdraw from her. We, we would talk about this problem that she had. And I said, you know, well, we talked about it. And, you know, I said, we should talk to her about it. <laughs> you know, but nobody wanted to be the one to do that. It wasn't that they disagreed with it. So I said that I would do it. I would talk to her. I would talk to her and tell her, you know, there's this problem. <laughs> you know? And because we want to help her. We're not helping her if we're talking about it. But we're not mentioning it to her. How is she supposed to get better? You know, if her friends aren't willing to help her. <laughs> so, we thought it was a good idea. And I talked to her. And I told her. She was so grateful. Oh, I just remember. She was so very thankful. I didn't speak to her in a critical way because I wasn't judging her. I just wanted to let her know that this was a problem. And as her friend, I wanted her to be aware of it. And here are some suggestions. Plus, we were getting ready to merge with another company. And we decided we definitely wanted the merger of our departments to be peaceful. We were a small, tight-knit group. Just um, four of us, five of us. Just five of us. And the other department was like twice that size. And so the dynamics were going to be different than social dynamics. And it all worked out very well. But we didn't want her to go in with her problem. You know, it would make it a little bit harder for her. And we didn't want that for her. So anyway, it was a smooth transition. So when I look back at this celebrity's wife's picture, I wonder, 
Here were her friends at that time. Did she have any? I know people in it out in Hollywood <laughs> talked about them. But I wonder how many people talked to them and asked them how they were doing. Sometimes I wonder if that is what you sacrifice by being a celebrity. That would be sad. But that's the idea that I get. But what do I know? I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> but that's my perception of it. You know? And that's what that picture said to me. So, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how I, you know, I learned a lesson based off of friendship. What is real friendship? And how you define it and what it looks like to you. And... I found that what was important to me was someone who was completely honest with me and doesn't judge me. Gives me the space to be me, truly who I am, flaws and all. And I have been fortunate enough to find those friendships. And I am grateful for them. But I also learned a lesson the hard way. Because in my definition of what a friend is, I put a lot of weight in something that in my case just really didn't matter. I felt like it trumped something. <laughs> it trumped nothing. And, um, that friendship killed me. That friendship, that experience literally killed me. <laughs> However, God can, can, can defeat even death. Even death he can defeat. He has proven this to me. Not that he has to prove anything to me at all. I'm just saying I'm a witness to it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've lived it. <laughs> I died. But it was God who decided that he wanted me to continue to live. But it wasn't an easy road back. You see, they had a hard time resuscitating me. It was a struggle. It's right there in the surgical report. <laughs> I found out because one of my friends read it to me. I, well, she translated it for me. And that's how I found out that I died. It was three months later when I found out. 
But it explains some things to me, like why when I woke up, it wasn't just hours, but days that had gone by and I couldn't talk and I was on a ventilator. (laughs) I just assumed (laughs) that that's how you wake up from surgery. Why would I ever assume I died? I'm alive right now. So, why would I assume that? So, imagine the shock when I found out that I had died. And when I was resuscitated, I could not breathe. I didn't have the ability to breathe on my own, so I had to be kept on a ventilator. So, it was very touch and go. Only one of my parents could see me after that surgery, and for exactly one minute. They could come in for one minute, one parent. My parents decided it would be my mother. My mother really wanted to go in, and um, she felt it might be hard for my father. And when she walked in, I was laying in a bed, unconscious, connected to a ventilator, with wires coming out of my neck and my chest and my arms. Wires. Lots of wires. I'm not talking about IVs. I'm talking about thick wires. I remember waking up. And being like, what the hell? (laughs) I'm hooked up to everything. And I can't talk. What is going on? But there was a nurse right there. And he immediately said, you're okay. You're on a ventilator because you're not breathing on your own. It was very matter of fact. (laughs) And that's just how I liked it, okay? You're helping me understand the situation. So I could immediately calm down. And then he said, But eventually you will breathe on your own, and the machine will indicate that and will take you off the machine. <laughs> so I was very anxious to get off the machine because the machine was so painful. I shouldn't even think about it because. Is the kind of pain you don't ever want to remember. It's pain so bad that when I woke up, when I was able to speak, the first thing I said was, I would not wish that on Donald Trump. That's how bad that pain is. (laughs) So I wanted off of that machine. They did give me pain medication, though. The nurse was so good at communicating with me through my eyeballs and my hands. Like, this guy was a pro because he understood everything that I needed. I needed pain medication because of that ventilator, but I couldn't talk. But I'm also allergic to five medications. 
So I have to communicate with this guy that I need pain medication. But I can't have you give me anything I'm allergic to. <laughs> I need to make sure you're aware. And I'm wearing a, a, a bracelet, an orange bracelet. For these reasons, right? You're unconscious and you can't tell somebody what you're allergic to. Or you can't talk. So, I'm like squinting and like cringing my hands to indicate pain. And so he says pain. And so I'm like, you know, blinking, like letting him know, yeah, he's getting it. And then, um, I never thought about this, y'all. Wow. That was a hell of an experience I had. Mm. but anyway after he picked up that I needed pain medication I you know I knew he was going to go immediately for medication but I wanted to make sure he knew I was allergic to stuff so I'm like taking my right hand and pointing vigorously to my left just pointing over and over again and he notices I'm doing it he looks and he sees I'm pointing to my bracelet, towards my bracelet. And he reads the bracelet. He goes, oh, yes, I know these are your allergies. I'm not going to give you any of this. And I'm like, oh, I just relaxed. <laughs> that was probably half my pain. <laughs> you know, I was worried. You know, but I should have known that I was covered. You know, he already knew. He paid attention. That was his job. And so... <laughs> the problem was that I'm allergic to everything so I had to take Tylenol Tylenol and Tramadol but Tramadol has no strength so after they cut my chest open I had to take Tylenol to heal through the pain you know it was definitely the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> the recovery from that. Recovery from brain surgery was um, the most painful thing I've ever done. But not the hardest. Mm -mm. Open heart surgery was much harder. But it wasn't nearly as physically painful. But I suffered great emotional pain after I died and I came back. It's not an easy road back, you know, but I'm, I'm glad to be back. I've learned some valuable lessons and I've... died and left some stuff I just didn't leave, left some junk behind <laughs> you know, really <laughs> but there's also pain there so sometimes I have to remind myself you know after all I'm human I am not perfect
but for the grace of God, but for the grace of God. I know he has an important word he wants me to share, to share with the world. He will guide me when it's the right time to share. And so that is what I'll do. And maybe this will be a different style of podcast than people are are used to. Maybe you don't hear my voice every week. And even when you do hear it, (laughs) it may not be for a long time, but hopefully it will be something profound. Something of substance and quality. And for me, my litmus test, my measuring stick is God. It will go back to Him. Because to God be the glory. He is the head of my life. And he is the reason why I live today. I have no doubt of that. I have no doubt. I have 100% faith. I know he's real. I feel his love in my bones. He is my only soulmate. I don't want to give my soul to someone else I want to give my soul to God I want to love other people yes but I only ever want one soulmate we teach children that when they pray when they say their prayers at night you give God your soul to keep. <laughs> you know? I believe that because I've lived it. <laughs> I've experienced it. You don't uh, die and then come back to life and not realize that. <laughs> so something profound to say he's your father he loves you and he has your back that's all there is to it really he's your father he loves you and he has your back yeah I think I'm going to publish this one alright This is Adre signing off.